From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today's feminist was an African-American civil rights activist and suffragist who worked in the late 19th and early 20th centuries to improve the lots of her race and gender. As a writer, educator, and organizer, her accomplishments were far-reaching. She was also one of the first black women to go to college in the U.S. Let's talk about Mary Church Terrell. Mary Eliza Church was born on September 23, 1863, in Memphis, Tennessee. Mary's parents were both freed slaves who owned small, thriving businesses and provided a comfortable life for Mary and her brother. Mary's father, Robert Reed Church, was one of the Southern United States' first black millionaires. Her mother, Louisa Ayers Church, was one of the first black women to open and run a hair salon. Their success was remarkable. Tennessee in 1863, during the middle of the Civil War, was quite a discriminatory place to say the least. Her parents' success allowed Mary access to an education she may otherwise have been barred from receiving. When Mary attended Oberlin College, she became one of the first African-American women to earn a college degree. Oberlin was the first college in the U.S. to open its doors to women and African-Americans. Mary majored in classics and earned her bachelor's degree alongside Anna Julia Cooper and Ida Gibbs Hunt, two other prominent black intellectuals and activists. Mary then got her master's in education. After graduation, Mary taught at the historically black college Wilberforce College, now called Wilberforce University. She then moved to Washington, D.C. and taught at the M Street Colored High School. There, she met a man named Robert Heberton Terrell. Robert had his own successful career as an attorney and educator. He would later become the first black municipal court judge in D.C. The two got married and had four children, though only one daughter survived infancy. The couple would later adopt a second daughter. After spending a few years in Europe studying languages, Mary returned to the U.S. and dove into activism. In 1892, Thomas Moss, a friend of Mary's, was lynched by white business owners. This had a major impact on Mary and led her to join anti-lynching campaigns. She famously wrote a piece condemning the widespread trend of lynchings in the South. In the piece, entitled Lynching from a Negro's Point of View, Mary wrote, The South has so industriously so persistently and eloquently preached the inferiority of the Negro that the North has apparently been converted to this view. In 1892, Mary formed the Colored Women's League, along with her college friends and other well-known feminists, abolitionists, and scholars. Their intention was to provide support and empowerment to the African-American community, and especially to black women. Due to her successful career and her achievements in activism, Mary was also appointed to the D.C. School Board in 1895. She was the first black woman to hold that position. A year later, the Colored Women's League merged with other mission-aligned organizations to expand its reach and impact. The coalition formed the National Association of Colored Women. Mary was the first president of the association, and her words, lifting as we climb, became the organization's motto. Those words conveyed the essence of the association's intention, that through solidarity comes progress for all. As president, Mary was extremely active. 
She spoke and wrote for the cause. She fought for women's suffrage and specifically for black women's suffrage. She would later even picket the White House with the National Women's Party, which we talked about earlier this week in our episode about Alice Paul. In 1898, Mary gave an address called The Progress of Colored Women at the National American Women's Suffrage Association's conference in D.C. Through the movement, she became good friends with Susan B. Anthony and other luminaries of the age, like Jane Addams, Frederick Douglass, and W.E.B. Du Bois. In 1904, Mary traveled to Berlin to speak at the International Congress of Women. She was the only black woman at the conference. Mary delivered her address in three languages, German, French, and English, and received a standing ovation. Five years later, in 1909, Mary was one of the founders of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, the NAACP. The next year, she also co-founded the College Alumna Club, later called the National Association of University Women. The 19th Amendment was added to the U.S. Constitution in 1920, giving women the right to vote. But that right didn't extend in practice to people of color. Mary urged activists, including Alice Paul, to turn their attention to extending rights more broadly. Alice Paul wasn't interested, but Mary didn't give up. She published an autobiography called A Colored Woman in a White World, to share her personal experiences with prejudice. In 1950, Mary helped in the fight to desegregate restaurants in DC by actively protesting against segregated establishments. Segregated restaurants were deemed unconstitutional by the Supreme Court three years later. Well into her 80s, Mary continued protesting in picket lines and taking part in advocacy work. She passed away in 1954 at the age of 90. All month, we're talking about feminists. We've covered feminists in every theme so far. What differentiates this month is that we'll be looking at women who were particularly important to the women's rights movement, the suffrage movement, and or modern feminism and feminist theory. On Saturdays, we're talking about modern feminists brought to you by this month's sponsor, Fiverr. On Sundays, we're highlighting favorite feminists from past months chosen by other podcast hosts we love. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our new Encyclopedia Womanica newsletter. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica, and you can follow me directly on Twitter at Jenny M. Kaplan. This month of Encyclopedia Womanica is brought to you by Fiverr, an online digital services marketplace connecting businesses with women who are creating, designing, copywriting, programming, editing, and more. Fiverr is here to support the world's freelance community during these challenging and uncertain times when businesses need to adapt in the face of the corona pandemic. Women are an integral part of Fiverr's platform, many having worked with some of the most influential brands in the world. Fiverr is here to support all freelancers, entrepreneurs, and businesses at this time. Fiverr operates in over 160 countries and offers digital services across 300 categories. So there are clearly lots of opportunities to change how the world works together with Fiverr in these unprecedented times. Head to fiverr.com to see how Fiverr might be able to support you or your business. That's fiverr.com. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.